everybody, and welcome to episode 5 of Investigating Shrek, a podcast. Today we will be discussing chapter 4 of Investigating Shrek, entitled Green Consciousness, Earth-Based Myth and Meaning in Shrek. Today I have another very special guest, another one of my favorite people, it's Anne Colpert. Hi! <laughs> uh, Anne with a plan, I forgot to say that. You're good. Hi. Hi. Nice, nice you, to be here. Yeah. How, how, how's your day? It's been fine. I love doing nothing all day. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. And actually, today is April 1st when we're mm. recording this, and and God played a little a little April Fool's a joke on us. on us. We got, like, multiple inches of snow today. Yeah. Not expecting that. You no. look out, it's flurrying. It's not, not, not a great thing And you look at the date, and you're like, mm. damn. Got us again. Yeah. <laughs> Every every time, mm. uh, but yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit about like school and, and school. And well, stuff. Uh, I guess this is a good uh, chapter for me to be talking about because mm-hmm. I will be majoring in environmental studies. Um, yeah, I'd say that's you know one of the main reasons I actually came to Ithaca as a school is just because the you know wi- wil- uh, wilderness around it is so um, nice. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I recently decided that I want to be a national park ranger when I grow nice. up. Nice. That's 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 so. one one plan. One plan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. And just yeah. tell me a little about your like experience with Shrek. Well, I have a good. I, I, honestly, growing up, I didn't really. I didn't pay attention a lot to Shrek. I wasn't a big Shrek fan, but. One of my best friends back from home actually is a big Shrek guy. I would say he is Shrek, uh-huh. actually. So I think since <laughs> then, I've been talking a lot more about Shrek and thinking a lot more about it in less of a just entertainment way and more of a kind of actual, has like really good meaning and insights onto today's culture kind yeah. of movie, you know. Definitely. And if I've learned anything from six episodes of, of this it's that that is definitely true. And yeah. There's definitely more to it than than I originally thought when I was for sure a child. Yeah. So we have a lot to cover today. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just get right into it. All right. So first of all, this chapter was a lot longer. Well, not like a lot longer, but it was just like longer than the rest of the yeah. chapters that I've read. The rest of them have been about like twelve pages. This one was about twenty. Yeah. So and there was it, it wasn't as like. Shrek based? No, it kind of it went all over the place. I would say a lot of it actually was just talking kind of about the history of the importance of Earth. I would say and the yeah. idea of nature. It was, yeah. I agree, and that was pretty cool. Like I kind of cool. thought they were just gonna talk about Shrek the whole time, which gotta admit, love talking about Shrek. Shrek is fun to talk about. Yeah, wouldn't be doing this if if I didn't love to talk about mm-hmm. Shrek. But it was nice to get a little bit of a break. Yeah. And we both care about the environment, we obviously. We are actually in the same <laughs> intro to environmental humanities class. Yes. Which is a super fun class. It is. It's, it felt very similar to some of the readings we've been doing, For actually. sure. And I read it, and I was like, huh, like, it's cool. Very introspective. Yes, for sure. So, first thing we wanted to discuss... Uh, there's a little introduction to the chapter, and it talks a lot about this concept of green consciousness. Mm-hmm. So, it defined it really well, actually. Let me try and find it while I do yes. that. What does green consciousness mean to you, Anne? To me, I would say green consciousness 
Let's see, I'm thinking back to what the chapter said, but also for me, I think it's uh, being aware of your surroundings and your interactions with uh, nature. And I know the chapter talks a lot about the idea of just the color green kind of representing nature and how I think there's one part where there's a quote from someone that talks about how green is, you know, you're in the green and you're kind of, you're happy, you know, you're mm-hmm. in like another world. It's lovely. And I think that um, that's kind of what green consciousness is all about is being aware of that and that maybe it's not so other from what you might think yourself as, yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. So the book says, by green consciousness, I mean an ecological worldview or consciousness that diverges widely from the mainstream conceptions that have allowed environmental devastation as a <laughs> supposedly inevitable part of human progress. So basically it's saying, like, we need to, like, stop giving ourselves excuses yeah. for doing shitty things in the environment. Yeah, everything you do has an impact on the environment. Every single thing. Yeah. Green's my favorite color. I know green's green your favorite color. Green is definitely my favorite color. Yeah. Well, and also, green is, uh, not to cut you off there. No, 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 go for it. I had no thoughts in my head. Perfect. Um, (laughs) Well, obviously, and a very kind of, uh, I think a main part of this chapter, talking about green consciousness, is Shrek is very green. Mm -hmm. Shrek and Fiona actually are green, and no one else in the story is green that I know of. I don't even think think the Wicked Witch, who is in Shrek, I don't think she's green. Yeah, it's very interesting, and they're... You know, Shrek kind of, I mean, he's an ogre, I would say, and he, you know, lives in, I think we'll talk more about this later, but he lives in a swamp, you know, he lives very closely to his environment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think him being green kind of shows him being part of his environment, you know, he's not separate. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this idea of green being kind of a representation of all that is nature and all that is the wilderness or whatever, you know, he really embodies that to the T. Yeah. Like, he's literally green. Yeah. I would also say that, like, green represents safety. Mm. Um, Like, traffic lights, for example, you know? Oh, interesting. Green means go. Or, like, I don't know, green always represents safety. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. And I've actually never made that connection before between, like, safety and, Mm -hmm. um, like, nature and, and, like, green consciousness, recycling and stuff. Well, I think there is something very connected about that because when you're in nature, I think a lot of people do feel safe because, especially if you're in nature by yourself, you're surrounded by these things that hold no judgment to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you're not being judged by a fellow human, you're kind of just living your best green life and again to connect it back to Shrek that's exactly what he's doing and it's the safety aspect yeah and I also something I talked about with my dad when we were talking about political regimes mm-hmm. um is like that a lot of a lot of all of the Shrek movies are kind of based around fear mm-hmm. and this concept of like what does fear make people do yeah so we talked about how, like, it doesn't, it, it's not really covered in the movies, but in the musical Shrek, mm. uh, they do go over Shrek's whole, um, like, origin story with his parents and how they sent him oh. away when he was seven. Interesting. And he got chased by mobs and people mm-hmm. tried to kill him every day. And eventually yeah. he had to just, like, man up and roar right. at them. And, um, 
he was also kind of forced to embrace this environment of the swamp and um yeah I think it's I think it's definitely like like yes like green means safety and being in that space and that environment probably meant safety but also he was forced into it. Definitely. And I don't think these ogres would be living... Actually, maybe they would be living I in swamps. I think they might be. They might be living in swamps <laughs> if, if people didn't force them to live in swamps. But, like, if people didn't force them to live in swamps, maybe they wouldn't be living in swamps. Maybe. We know. You never we know. We never know. But the idea of also uh, the fear aspect there, you know, the fear of the unknown is a mm-hmm. huge part of that. And people don't really know Shrek. They only know they see him as a big green ogre living in a swamp, but they, they get scared. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, it very similar to modern kind of interactions with nature. Uh, you know, the unknown is terrifying. People want to conquer it and understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what's led to our modern day view of nature. We, you know, we're the consumers of it. We, you know, make media based on it. We basically have conquered every available land that there is. Yeah. Um, except, like, most of the ocean. Except most of the ocean. Terrifying. <laughs> Not green. Not no. green, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, but, yeah, conquering that fear of the unknown. I think that's... I, I remember one of the scenes that stands out to me in Shrek is all the townspeople kind of raiding Shrek's... I think they're they're raiding Shrek's place with, like, pitchforks yeah. and... And fire. Yeah, and it's like the like first scene. Like exactly. the first thing they show you is people first like introduction. trying to kill him. Yeah, and I think that's very a really big parallel to you know what's happening today. A. But it kind of reminds me of the old man who read love stories, mm. which is a book that we read for an environmental class, and it's basically about this old man who reads love stories. Uh, funny thing. And he used to be like this big hunter guy. But he kind of, like, settled down. He lives alone in this little hut, and he just reads books. He's very mm-hmm. peaceful, doesn't really, like, involve himself yeah. that much with society. Very in tune with the jungle around him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it also, it takes place in... The Amazon. The Amazon. Yeah. Uh, in, like... I think the... I want to say Bolivia? A bol- oh, I don't know. Oh. Wait, but is the Amazon even, like, near Bolivia? I have no... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Asking the wrong person. I don't know. Oh, I feel so dumb. I'm just going to take the Bolivian part out. Okay. Because I'm way, way off. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I think it's in, like, the 70s mm-hmm. or something. Something like that. Yeah. But they are in the Amazon, so it's pretty underdeveloped. I don't know yeah. if that's, like, the correct word. But yeah. they don't have a lot of, like, super advanced, like, tools and, and knowledge and stuff. Yeah. Phones, so, not really a thing. Yeah. And basically what happens is that the... Village is getting attacked by an ocelot, which is like a kind mm-hmm. of big cat. It's not that big, but it can big, kill you. Big enough. <laughs> yeah, big enough to be a threat to a village, and yeah. a couple of people have died, and um, so they get like this group of people together to go hunt the ocelot, mm-hmm. and they end up pulling the old man to come hunt with them, and yeah. he's like, I don't really want to do this, but I'll do it anyway. Yeah. Um, and they basically just like disrupt his whole like peaceful coexistence yeah. with nature and the Amazon itself and um yeah. I'm not gonna spoil the ending because it's a pretty good book it but it's a very good book I suggest everyone reads it yeah for sure um, um yeah no and it very literally storming into the forest and into nature and mm-hmm. kind of taking over what's there I mean uh yeah I mean they they don't I don't think they have actually they might have I think they did have torches or something yeah, like that. They had, they had you know, like, storming in with weapons, which, yeah. you know, it's not exactly pitchforks. No, they had guns, they had yeah. machetes and yep. stuff. 
the thing that actually reminded me of this is the character of the mayor. Mm. So there's this one character, the mayor, and everybody kind of fucking hates the mayor because he's a dickhead and yep. he just doesn't really know anything about the jungle or the things that go on in it or around it or the, anything about the village for he that He kind of just represents everything bad yeah. about like modern society. They refer to him as the slimy toad <laughs> yes. uh, and he's awful. Mm-hmm. Um, does everything wrong, like no respect for any of the no just literally anything um, yeah beats his wife he's really mean you know very similar to a certain somebody in the shrek franchise named lord Farquaad. holy shit like wow yeah that's what i was kind of thinking of i was kind of trying to imagine like if for some reason Farquaad ended up in the swamp Mm. Like, what he, that would look like. Oh, he would be upset. He would, <laughs> I think another thing we were going to talk about is how you go from this green, green, and lovely, and luscious swamp, and you get to Farquaad's castle, mm-hmm. and you look around, and it's just this giant, like, castle, kind of in the middle of nowhere, and you look Fortress. around, and it's just, it's just these, like, I think it's like fields of either wheat or grass or this one type of plant, is so vastly different mm-hmm. and you know he's basically i think his whole premise is that he's throwing these woodland people kind of mm-hmm. out of where he wants them i guess yeah and basically lord farquad is his goal is to kind of make everything uniform all the people kind of in his castle mm-hmm. you know he he doesn't he's not okay with the biodiversity that happens in the forest and with the woodland kind of not just woodland but with all the different characters in the in the book and so it's just such a you know, big difference from this one kind of monoculture of grass that grows outside his monochrome castle with his, you know, people that all look like the same mm-hmm. versus you go to Shrek Swamp and, you know, it's, it's, it's completely a mess. different. It's a mess. Everybody's, everybody's being all individual yeah. and ah. exercising their human rights. No, no. Down with human rights. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Um, so... We've been talking about that for like 10 minutes. We have. Let's move on to unity between self and nature. And you, mm. we kind of talked that, about this when we were talking about like how Shrek embraces his environment. Yeah. And another thing I mentioned with my dad, we talked a little bit about like Native Americans mm. and how not comparing, again, not comparing Shrek to Native Americans. <laughs> However, they do kind of do the same thing mm-hmm. where they just use whatever they have. Right. And... Um, yeah, the land around them is at their disposal. Yes. And it's everything. Yeah. You know? They don't waste anything. Exactly. Yeah. So, unity between self and nature. And and that's another thing that I think is missing in Duloc. Is that there's no really... I mean, all the, like, trees are cut down. Right. And, and everybody, like, kind of lives within the walls of, yeah. the, of the society that he's built. Right. And... <laughs> Yeah, there's there's not really any kind of collaboration between the people or Farquaad and the nature that's surrounding him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's very literally opposing everything that is nature. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Another thing we talked about in our environmental class is the line between like nature and culture. Yeah. We talked about that a lot. And I think it's very interesting when you look at that in Duloc because... Yeah. 
it doesn't feel like there's anything natural about no. it. No. It seems like there's a very hard line between nature and culture. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of fostering culture. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, not a lovely culture, yeah. but his culture, I <laughs> yeah. guess. Yeah, and it's, it's like, neat and organized, and it looks yeah. nice, and it sounds nice, honestly, right. but, like... When you look at it, and and then you look at, like, all the people who've been rejected from that society, it's yeah. like, why are we doing this, my dude? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Um, and with uh, unifying yourself and nature, I know we've already talked a lot about this, but Shrek, very, literally, I keep thinking back to the opening scene where he's, mm-hmm. and this is discussed in the book, um, uh, in investigating Shrek the book, uh, <laughs> where he's sitting in this mud bath and he's just so content to be by himself. Yeah. And he is part of his surroundings, you know? He doesn't really exist without the swamp, you know? it's mm-hmm. He calls it, it's his swamp. And, uh, you know, having that um, where he is very connected to the nature around him and he's shown to be very happy and content in that. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the, you know, the movie, I don't know much about like the original book or the musical, but throughout the movie, he um, kind of drags Fiona along into this. Yeah. And she had been holed up in this tower where there's not a lot of trees or anything in there. She very literally was a place similar, very similar to Farquaad's castle where there's no like living nature aside right. from the, the dragon which yeah. i think we'll talk more about but yeah. uh and then over the course of the book she you know is walking through wildlife they mm-hmm. i think there's a scene where they there's like a montage of her and shrek kind of like burping together and being happy together and yeah it's it correlates you know having unity of yourself and nature with a positive thing which mm-hmm. isn't often seen in a lot of movies i feel like a lot of the time it's kind of like you fight everything, and the hero is the guy that, like, kills the most people or something. You know, it's yeah. it's very different from your typical hero. And You know how, like, Fiona was, like, suppressing the whole ogre thing yeah. for her whole life? I wonder, like... Like, if I've learned anything from Shrek, mm. it's that... Well, if I know anything about ogres, is that they're gross. And, yeah. like... It's not necessarily a bad thing. No, they just are. They just are that way. They are who they are. Yes. And I wonder what that transition was like for Fiona. I know this is Fiona. a fictional character. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, like, just sleeping through the whole ogre thing, pretty much. Yeah. Probably. For however many years. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden just, like, being out in nature and being like, oh, like, this is pretty cool and then the guy you like takes you to a swamp mm. <laughs> and you're like this is it this is this is the this dream. is what i've been looking for my entire life this is me yeah yeah i just no, i had never thought about that actually it's you're saying about ogres kind of mm-hmm. just gross in yeah. general mm-hmm. but then again you think about it and gross why because there's mud because they're farting because they're picking their boogers or whatever mm-hmm. like that's what all creatures do and again i think that kind of correlates with the idea of the swamp you know just it's nature it's it's the it's the world it's you know shrek is exhibiting green consciousness back mm-hmm. to that idea where he's very aware of how he interacts with nature and he uses everything around him to help him mm-hmm. you know yeah, and I think what's interesting is that he, like, 
with the exception of him just being like self-conscious when he starts like leaving the swamp yeah he doesn't show a lot of fear no um and i think that comes from like being in such a safe place for such a long time definitely like, people like he was only bothered by like the mobs and stuff when he like left the swamp yeah so i think i think being in that place for him like we said already represents safety represents like yeah. home um yeah. and in individuality as well because i mean nobody's good like the mobs aren't going to the swamp because they don't want to be there like, no like they're just in the forest like in case he's there and yeah. he sometimes is yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> ogre the ogre yeah. the big green nasty ogre from the swamp yeah yeah so yeah yeah anything else about the swamp um i don't think so Okay. Maybe because we've already kind of talked about Shrek versus Farquaad. Maybe. Do you skip to biodiversity? Sure. Yeah. So biodiversity in the fairy tale creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, yeah. but one of the things that you said was that in Shrek's world, bi- the biodiversity is very valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Individual and what you were just saying, individuality is important. There's I don't. There's so many individual creatures, and I don't think, except for like I don't know the three blind mice, I don't or other things like that. There's like barely any creatures or characters that we say exactly that are like (laughs) duplicates, Um, but they all work together and they're all a community and Mm -hmm. they have differences, but of course because they're different creatures and that's just how that works. Yeah. But they're not separated by those differences, you know. Um, And. As we can see, where Shrek and those kind of fairy tale creatures are viewed in the positive light, whereas Farquaad and his kind of uniform castle people are viewed in a negative light, you can see how the story is kind of painting this idea of individuality and biodiversity as, you know, an important and valuable thing. Mm-hmm. It's a strength. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to Farquaad seeing it as a weakness mm-hmm. um, and seeing it as a problem. Yeah. Whereas it's it's embraced. And Which is ultimately his downfall. Yeah. Because Fiona represents biodiversity. She's mm-hmm. two things. Two things, literally. <laughs> yeah. She's a human and an ogre. Mm-hmm. And Farquaad only wants the human part of her. And yeah. Shrek will have both. both. There's a ton of like think about think about like the first fairy tales you remember hearing. It's like it's like Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. Like Rapunzel's another Rapunzel. like classic one. They all take place in like nature. Like True. Rapunzel's Tower in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Like Hansel and Gretel get yeah. lost in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Um all very middle of the woods. Yeah, it's very yeah. yeah. And I think that's like the funny thing about like Into the Woods, which I love. Oh, yeah. You know Into the Woods? Yeah, the musical. Yeah. yeah. They literally just take all those stories and they were like hey like everything happens in the fucking woods yeah let's just make it so that they all happen at the same time it's literally called into the woods yeah and that's what they do like cinderella jack and the beanstalk is a really good one um little red riding hood yeah and then there's like the baker and the baker's wife right it's yeah it's all very tied to i guess nature and specifically the woods there's not a lot of fairy tales and I think this is just part of them being developed, then probably being written in European or Western right, areas right, where right. you don't really have like expanses of like vast prairies or like deserts or anything. But right. 
so another interesting part is how, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's what they view as nature and as mm-hmm. the environment is this green lush forest where all these things, crazy things happen and things, you know, are hiding behind the corners and it's dangerous. Um, yeah. When that's the one of the things it's dangerous too. Mm-hmm. Like with Into the Woods, I don't know why I'm still talking about this, but I mean, it incorporates a lot of the same characters it and does. a lot of the same themes, honestly. Yeah, it does. Um, and one of the main things that I'm just now noticing is that it all kind of runs under the witch. Mm. And the witch is a, probably one of my favorite characters in like yeah. all of Broadway. Mm-hmm. So fucking good. Um, <laughs> I love her song. She, yeah, everything she does is just yeah. awesome. Um, but what I wanted to highlight is that a lot of what happens in these myths or in these like magical like fairy tale things all have to do with like this female sort of power like authority yeah. figure and a lot of times it's a villain yeah a lot of times it's the bad guy it's very it's very like a negative matriarch kind of for thing. sure and it's seen as like this like very dark like or sometimes it's not sometimes it seems like very approachable yeah. like for example in Hansel and Gretel like which there's the gingerbread house true. and the witch is like hey what's up guys yeah. and I think yeah. in, the, in the original one she like looks very friendly or probably in the beginning and then she so. sort of like devolves into this like yeah. gross old lady yeah. but like what I'm trying to <laughs> row us in the direction of yeah. is of course the dragon Mm. Um, and yes. how that's it's a very similar kind of character point in that well actually it's the opposite because the dragon <laughs> and I've talked about the dragon so much on the show we already. love the dragon we love it the dragon's my favorite character the I know she's your favorite definitely character. my favorite character yeah so does, cool does she have a name she's just dragon she's just dragon love yeah that. it's not even like the dragon just it's just dragon. Dra- capital love dragon that. she is who she is she truly is <laughs> and one of the things that's great about her is that she evolves mm-hmm. um, throughout the first movie, at least. You know, yeah. she's presented as a villain yeah. and presented as this, like, obstacle. But then, as soon as they like, get away and, and Donkey's like, hey, like... Nudge, nudge. Nudge, nudge. Yeah. You know, she's an ally. She is. And... She saves the day. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. Like. <laughs> big ass dragon. I yeah, mean. big ass dragon. <laughs> super powerful. Super sweet. Yeah. And. Oh, man. Yeah. I love the dragon. I love the dragon. And uh, this, again, like what you were saying about how she at first was something to be conquered, that goes back to kind of, I think, the fear of the unknown. I know in the book there's a part that talks about how she the dragon was meant to kind of represent something that the hero needed to kind of kill in order to save the princess Mm -hmm. uh again you know conquering nature conquering everything like that in order to kind of understand and get what you want but then obviously shrek comes and donkey (laughs) donkey specifically (laughs) arrives and falls in love with her and sees her for not just something that needs to be conquered but something that can be appreciated uh, mm-hmm. which is really important, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then we have drunkies. And we have drunkies. <laughs> oh, drunkies. I want one so bad. I've said this before, and I will say it again. <laughs> hey, my guest I was going to have for, for the Shrek the Musical episode, I don't think that's going to work out. Oh, no. 
So I think I'm gonna try and get someone from home. You should do that. Who I was in Shrek with. Oh, that'd be fun to like. You can talk about your guys' experience. Yeah. Is Fiona? God, I love Fiona. Yeah. Actually, Fiona might be my favorite character. Yeah. Um, but she is. Well, the, uh, another th- another thing with like the environment and nature is that something people are very scared of, not just in Shrek but in real life, is mm-hmm. you know life and death. Uh, dark and light, you know, the bad and good, you know, um, night and day, and that's a part of the natural processes of the world, and Fiona, like, I think it's at at night she's an ogre, right, and in the day she's a human, so she kind of completely represents that idea of, like, dualism, Mm -hmm. and people don't like that, (laughs) like, yeah, that's why, is that what, was that one of the reasons why she was sent to that tower? That was, like, the reason. That was, like, the reason, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, obviously, she Because, like, was, her parents and everybody uh, yeah. else was uncomfortable with... Right. ...the way she was. Yeah, and eventually, that's uh, okay, because she found someone like her that appreciates that and wants not just the like human in her, or not just the ogre in her, but mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately Farquaad's downfall, because he... Cannot un- he cannot kind of accept the dualism again, kind of being afraid of the natural side of things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's a badass bitch. Yeah, and that's I talked with Camilla about Fiona quite a bit. Yeah. And the dragon actually. <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> Two lovely ladies. Yes. Three lovely uh, ladies. Camilla too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like. Oh. <laughs> uh, thing that stands out for me with her is like self acceptance. Yeah. And I think I talked about this with my dad, mm-hmm. but um, how, like, when she got out of the tower, um, at that point, she had only experienced, like, ogre backlash yeah. from herself right. and, like, kind of her family because they sent her away, yeah. kind of like everybody else, <laughs> um, but, like, not in a direct way. Like, I'm sure she probably, like, doesn't remember being sent away. She kind of just remembers, right. like, being there forever. It's still, it's something, it, it changes. She has that in her head. Yeah. That, like, her family sent her away because they didn't accept her. Yeah. Um, but, like, when she does get out and, like, when they go in the second one to go, like, see her parents and to be yeah. in far, far away. Yeah. She steps out of the onion and everyone's like, what the fuck? What's happening? It's silent. Birds fly into buildings. <laughs> Babies cry. Like. Yeah. It's not a good it's thing. It's not good at no. all. And I think that's like, I mean, like every woman, every person can relate Definitely. to Fiona. And like, they have like that thing that's just like, and you hide. Yes. And a lot of what you're hiding from is the natural part of being a human. Exactly. A lot of the things. It's like acne yeah. or like stretch acne. marks or like, like being even an ogre. You being know? an ogre. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We all, all women understand <laughs> yeah. being, being an, an ogre. An ogre. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's hiding that kind of acceptance of herself is the exact opposite of like what she had been doing where it was hiding from her natural self. And when she meets Shrek, he is completely comfortable oh yeah he's like he's good he's like too comfortable yeah and Loki like he doesn't start questioning himself at all until he meets her yeah because he's like am I good enough for this bitch right and and ultimately he's like no well at first he's like no and then he goes home and then he ends up and then Donkey's like what the fuck are you doing and he goes back Donkey snaps himself yeah (laughs) dude Um, Donkey we need Donkey we need Donkey appreciation day (laughs) he's Eddie Murphy right 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And the only thing we didn't really talk about that I kind of wanted to mention is the difference between, like, mythology and religion. Mm. And so, like, we mentioned in mythology and in, like, fairy tales and stuff, it's very female. Like, it's a, like you said, like, a matriarchal. Matriarchal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's a princess or something like that. Yeah, it's a princess who's, like, doing everything or like yeah. there's like a witch or a right. dragon or like something Some and it's female, female. Yeah. or like we talk about like mother nature or mother earth mm. as like a female entity yeah female um, mother care caring entity yeah. yeah and then you have like the religious side of things where everything is done by the men yeah which is weird yeah. Not not like necessary. I mean, it's not weird that everything's done by the men because it was like millions of years but it's ago. It's just strange that they're so different. It's strange that they're so different, and yeah. I think honestly, like it's probably in reaction to each other. Like oh, for sure. Like religion was a thing, and then people who were like myths, yeah, they were like, oh, let's fuck with them. Well, also it's female. it's it's interesting how religion is kind of seen as a much more steadfast and real thing than mythology. Yeah. Did I say? Yeah, I think I said that right. Yeah. Where religion is something that is real and people believe in, whereas when you say mythology, that's something. Fake. Everyone's like, ha. Yeah. Whereas in reality, I think they can really be equated. One a myth to someone else is someone else's religion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely true. And like when you said that, I was like kind of shook because I—I'll <laughs> be honest, I'm a little religious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, I grew up. I grew up like, like religious, just right. like baseline, like religious, yeah. and we weren't like. Like, we're Presbyterian, and we're, like, super chill. Like, my church, full of ballers. And... (laughs) It's not the negative religion. It's not... No, it's not, like, the cutthroat, like, restrictive, like, limiting kind of... That hurts Christianity. Yeah. yeah. And it breaks my heart when I hear of people being like, oh, like, I hate religion. Like, I grew up Catholic, and it ruined my life. Like, I hate the whole, like... the way they treat women and the way they treat children and the way they treat gay people and different races and stuff. Like, none of that happens at my church. Yeah. And that's awesome. It is awesome. And I absolutely loved growing up there and being a part of that. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that. Yes. But what I was going to say <laughs> was that um, there's kind of been this, like, whole movement pretty recently where people are starting to look at God and be like, what if God was female? Mm. And yeah. we haven't guys. Yeah, there's like <laughs> music and art and all kinds of stuff. And I don't remember ever talking about that at my church. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've never been like God is male. God is one hundred percent male. There's no yeah. like I don't know. We kind of see God as more of like a ambiguous force An and less of like a. Hum- like yeah. we kind of have stripped away like all those human qualities, right? Because he's God is not the human part of God. No, God is God, and then you have Jesus, and then you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, which are three separate things. Mm-hmm. So like I don't know, it gets a little confusing. I don't really know why I'm talking about this, <laughs> but I think I think I could bring that. I think I could tie it in there. Take I it think, home, and thank you. Uh, I think the idea of mythology and. That that is kind of a female, and that is an imagined thing. Um, oh. In Shrek's world, 
they're real, you know? These are real yeah. people. Sure, they're from what we would call myths, but mm-hmm. they exist in people's lives. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I can't really pinpoint a, a specific religion in Shrek that you can see being practiced. Religion of magic. Religion of magic. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, if you think about the villains in Shrek, like the first villain we meet is probably Shrek. Like, when you, when you yeah. meet Shrek at first, you're like, oh, this is the bad guy, probably, because yeah. he's, he's an gross, ogre. Yeah. he's an ogre. And then you're like, oh, no, he's just kind of vibing. And then you meet, like... <laughs> Who comes next? Like, you hear about Farquaad. You hear about Farquaad. Oh, no, you meet Farquaad. Next is Farquaad, and you're like, oh, okay, it's like an old white man. <laughs> yeah. Like an older white man. Yeah. And then there's, like, the dragon. Yeah. And the dragon's, like, a hot... Hot-ass bitch. Hot-ass bitch. Hot-ass chunk of ass right <laughs> Dra- there. <laughs> dragon. Um... Yeah, and then, like, those are kind of, like, the only villains, and then the other villains are just, like, the characters themselves. Yeah. And then in the second one, you've got, like, Fiona's parents. Interesting. Yeah. Who are set up as villains. Yeah, the godmother. Well, at least, or, at least, at least, um, yeah. at least the king. The mm-hmm. fairy godmother was the one I really wanted to talk about. Yeah. Because that's she's a very weird villain. She's literally called the God Fairy mother. godmother. Like her god is literally in her name. It's God is in her name and she would probably be what I would consider like the head of like magic. Yeah, she's <laughs> the, like the most powerful person. Yeah. Need. And in the second Shrek there's like her whole like workshop mm-hmm. and she's got all the potions and stuff and yeah. like her office is there. Excuse me. Nice. Good Thank one. you. I'll probably leave that in better out than it. I always say. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Um, But, yeah, she's pretty cool. And I want to talk about her more. I don't really know when, but... Yeah. As a character. As a character. And it's just, like, a bitch. But... Yeah. Yeah, and then the only other... uh, The only other villain... And Charming isn't, like, so much of a villain as he is in the second one as he is in the third one. Because in the second one, he's more just, like, a pawn. Mm. And the fairy godmother's just like, okay, now do this. And he's like, okay. Okay. (laughs) But in the third one, after she dies... Spoilers. um, He, like, tries to band together with all the other fucking villains. You don't remember. Don't say yeah. I'm just going along. (laughs) I'm supporting you here. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) And he just, like, collects all of them. And he's like, come on, guys. We're gonna... Make an evil musical. We're gonna kill Shrek. Oh, see, yeah. I need to rewatch this. The movie. third one is so good. There's a lot of plot, and I do not sleep on it. Like, okay, the third one is legit. The fourth one is not legit. Okay, neither is the Puss in Boots spinoff, and I will stand uh, by both of those things. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Puss in Boots spinoff. Puss in Boots. Stupid. I d- wow, that's those are fighting words. It's there. not good. I like it. With like, anyway. with like Rumble Stiltskin and like Humpty Dumpty. Eh? I like the lady cat. <laughs> lady cat? I do like lady yeah. cat, actually. She's cool. Dude. Cats um, who are girls, always ballers. Always ballers. I've been saying baller quite a bit. I also say baller a lot. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Do you have anything else to say about the chapter? I enjoyed reading it a lot. I'm glad I got to do this. I think yeah. I learned a lot. I'm really, really glad I picked you for this chapter. <laughs> I was actually originally and wanted to do the female body image one, and yep. I was like, no. I do have a lot to say about that, but I'm yeah. glad that uh, Camila was in. Yeah, that. I listened to that. It was lovely. Good. Yeah. Okay. So, and mm. I want to thank you so much. Of course. For doing your reading and hanging out with me. We've been sitting here for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And it was supposed to be like half an hour. It shit ha- stuff happens. Yeah. It does. It does. So I hope I hope you had a good time. I did. Great. Um, yeah. So, next episode. Episode six, can't believe, can't 
can't believe we're already wow. in episode six. It's gone by so fast. I know, that means we're like... Wait, how many episodes? Okay, we're like almost halfway through. <laughs> wow. Which is wild, because I feel like I just started this. Yeah. But episode six will be released Monday, April 5th, and I'm pretty excited about this one too. It's kind of a weird one. <laughs> um, we're going to be discussing a neo-Marxist interpretation of Shrek. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm and I glad actually, I don't do that one, because <laughs> I would not have much to say. Yeah, I don't. I definitely <laughs> have to do a, a little more research for mm-hmm. that one. Um, the ones that are about politics, I should do more, uh, more research. Understand. Um, so I do actually have two very special guests mm-hmm. next next time. Uh, my friends Maddie Martinez and Connor Lloyd. Connor uh, was the person who played Shrek, as I mentioned earlier, um, and Maddie is his girlfriend. And we're gonna talk about neo Marxism. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Look at the wind. Is that snow? Yeah. I think it's just blowing the snow that's off the top layer. Okay. Cool. Crazy. So, with that said, I hope you all really enjoyed this episode. And, Anne, thank you again for talking to me. We've been recording for 47 minutes. Yep. And uh, I had a great time. I had a great time as well. Cool. So, we're going to go get some dinner and ice cream. Mm. And until next time, be well, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.